Hey everybody. Well, we're back. 2020 has been a crazy year. First of all, let me go ahead and address the elephant in the room. We started a brand new season with one episode and didn't follow it up with any more. Just with scheduling clashes and everything that 2020 has had to offer. Um, ironically enough, the worst part of 2020 so far is the coronavirus for, from my perspective. And it has afforded us more opportunities to record podcasts. So... With that said, um, we hope to catch back up. We have Gina and Emma on the podcast today, and we're talking about this question of how do you interact with people of different faiths when we clearly have guidelines um, in Christianity and in some other faith systems to share the good news about Jesus um, as far as Christianity is concerned or, or whatever everyone else has to say about their own. We, um, just to give you some context, we just got off, uh, got back, excuse me, from a mission trip to New York City where our church uh, partners with church planners in Queens. Um, we partner with church planners and missionaries all over the world, but there's these two specific churches that we went to partner with, uh, Queens Church in Woodside and Jackson Heights Community Church in Jackson Heights, um, both located in Queens, New York. And so we talked a little bit about our experience there, but also how that translates back to our non-mission trip life here in Houston. And uh, we had some really interesting discussion. I'm excited for you guys to listen to it. Thank you guys for tuning back in. Hope you guys are staying healthy and staying safe and socially distanced and all those things. Hopefully we'll be, uh, like I said, getting back on track. But here is this episode with Gina and Emma talking about how we interact with people from different faith backgrounds. All right, so we are back with the coronavirus version of the No Running In Church podcast. And um, we are all on a Zoom call. I'm with uh, Gina and Emma tonight and um and we're gonna have a conversation about how we uh love serve and interact with uh friends that have different faiths um knowing that um each faith has its um teaching on um evangelism or or conversion or you know we all want friends to believe the same thing that we do in some senses but we also are in 2020 and we know that we're supposed to be able to give some leash for freedom. Um, and so, um, yeah, we just want to talk about it a little bit. And so, um, let me just give you guys 30 seconds to 60 seconds just to, okay. So you're cooped up in the house. It's been like a week or so that we've been cooped up. Um, how are you guys doing? Emma, why don't you go first? Well, what's your coronavirus uh, quarantine been like? Well, when I first started, I picked up running every day, and then I picked up yoga, and then I was feeling good. I just, nah, well, when I run, I run on a golf course, so I have to leave my house uh, before 920 or else golfers start coming, and I'm just sleeping through it because I'm just building up that endurance. But I've been pretty bored. <laughs> There's really nothing to say about it. I got you. Yeah. Gina, what about you? What are you doing to stay busy? Um, well, as y'all know, I'm, I'm in the process of moving, so we just got our house up to where it's in full pristine. It's so spit spot nice. I'm very proud of it. Um, but yeah, I haven't been working actually much because I've just, I don't know, they don't really want me to come in because I was in New York. <laughs> so 
they, yeah. they're convinced that I got something. I'm not convinced anymore. I was a little, but I'm not convinced anymore. And I tried the exercising thing. I actually did something today and we'll see how that goes <laughs> moving forward. Awesome. But yeah, that's, that's yeah. So for those of you who don't know, or I guess everyone that didn't, doesn't go to our church, but we all came back from a mission trip from New York about last week or so. And um, when we landed and we were at the checkout or like the, we were picking up our bags, our luggage, Gina turns to me and she goes, I think I have it. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> also, it said that the place we were at was like a hot spot. Yeah, Jackson Heights. Yeah. And it was like, we were there an hour ago. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. So that's that's a really good segue. We um, <laughs> we took our 10th, 11th, and 12th graders on a mission trip to New York City. And our church partners with a lot of uh, church planners all over the world, but specifically in New York City, there's a couple that we have a relationship with. <clears throat> uh, one in Jackson Heights, which is primarily a South Asian community. Um, and then one in uh, Woodside, um, and uh, which is you know, more just Queens, New York, kind of what you expect. Both are in Queens, very different communities. And, um, and our church has, our students have served with both um, different churches. And um, we're asked to do all kinds of things um, with that church plant, whatever assists them in their mission. So um, with one church, it's having conversations in the plaza uh, with a bunch of um, South Asian people who are working on their English and that can be incredibly difficult. And then, you know, another church plants handing out coffee at seven in the morning to people that are on their way to the metro and, you know, into work. Um, but, but we do these mission trips because we want to, at the end of the day, share the gospel, share the good news uh, of what Jesus came to tell us. And, and, and so what we know is that if we have friends who don't believe in Jesus, um, that, that can come across and be very offensive. We've talked a little bit about this last year with the, um, the how to share the gospel in, in 2020, but we specifically want to talk, and I want to ask these two students, Gina and Emma, um, what their experience has been like with, um, with sharing friend, with their friends of different faiths here in Houston. But first off, why don't you guys just kind of share about your experience in New York City? People uh, from different backgrounds, people you've never met before, um, what was your experience? Either one of you two can chime in first. Um, I guess I'll start. So it was funny because uh, the first thing you notice when you go to Jackson Heights is if you're white, you are definitely the minority there. So like just, uh, I guess physically, I look different to everyone else and that was already just something kind of new. Um, even though where we live is very diverse, it was just really like it was fun because it, it meant that there was going to be like difference in not only appearance, but also religion and value and things like that. Um, getting to talk to people was very, very interesting. Um, definitely learned a lot. Uh, our, the leader there at Jackson Heights, Boto is such a great, great guy. Um, he was very, he showed, we went to a Sikh temple, we went to a Hindu temple, we learned a lot about the different cultures and tried to understand them. And it was incredibly intriguing uh, just to know like how a respectful those religions are to what they believe in. Um, and as well as just um, kind of how they take that religion through their day. 
And I know, Mark, you said a lot during the trip that, like, Christians aren't as, like, uh, I guess, not loud, but just, like, present, yeah, about their religion than all these people, especially in Jackson Heights or any uh, other, like, Sikh, uh, Sikhism and, you know, Hinduism and stuff like that, as much as those people are about theirs. Um, So it was incredibly interesting to not only learn about the different religions, but also just uh, talk to people about them and kind of have a general respect for each other. But there's always that, you know, internal, as a Christian, that internal, like, wanting to, like, if you know you're right, you want to tell someone why. And so there was that, too. But, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, I definitely thought it was interesting, the relationship that Bodo had with both the Hindus and the, the Sikhs. And just being at a mutual respect where, yeah, they can go into each other's place. And their Moto's church is on top of, what was it, a, a Hindu restaurant? Is that what it was? Muslim. Yeah, the guy was. Muslim, he, sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's just awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I do remember Bodo, he taught us um, how to be respectful to the different people with uh, sayings that they gave us that we got to try. And one of the things that he said is that he wanted us to mess up. He wanted us to not be perfect so that we can ask for them to, you know, help us or guide us. And it would just create dialogue smoothly and flow very well, which we did get to do um, with the girl who gave us hennas. They were about three ladies. They were so sweet. And um, yeah, they talked to us for a bit. And that was really fun to get to learn about her, to love on her for a few minutes Mm -hmm. um, while we were in the store with her. but yeah, I really enjoyed getting to see the, because I had always, when I went to New York, we went to the other side of Queens. I hadn't been to Jackson Heights. And yeah, they are, they are so different. Yeah. So it's yeah. really cool to go to Jackson Heights and see the different cultures that are presented on the streets everywhere. So, so that I'll, I'll say we're just technologically, this is kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, Gina, your last like, you're beginning five seconds of that and you're ending five seconds of that. We're kind of hard to hear. So um, if by some chance, like we're not responding to something, it's not because we don't love you. It's just because we just have no clue what you said. <laughs> we're working with That's technology. That's great. Yeah. The, I think the Zoom, Zoom servers are probably struggling right now with just everyone having online meetings. Yeah. Um, but no, no, to your point, like it was, it was incredible meeting different people. Um, learning about their culture um, to to hear because Gina, like you said, we were told to mess up. We were told to you know to be able to like create dialogue and all that kind of stuff. That's that was so helpful because it was like I I feel like if you're having a a, a theological discussion with someone or like you're having a debate with someone, if you mess up, there's their gotcha moment where you know I, I picture it like you know, they can, they can wrap it up. So you don't know what you're talking about. And then the, the debate or the conversation's over. And that's, I feel like the Western way, the American way of, of doing things. But, but in, uh, in, in the South Asian community, it was just very like, no, like we want to have a, a conversation. Yeah. Um, I feel like a big part of that is just the humility you have to like give when talking to people with different religions. Uh, because when you kind of come off in that like arrogance that, I guess Christians can some, sometimes bring. Bodo talked a lot about how Christians are so ready to give answer, or like give all the answers, but not wait for any questions. And so uh, that humility of just understanding that you don't know everything about that culture and that religion really helps to build kind of a good uh, 
relationship between like, the, the two religions and um, I'm sure that's why Boto has so many, you know, connections with everyone, but that was just a good lesson to learn too, is that you don't have to have it right. Um, and that's, I think a big thing just in general with sharing the gospel is you don't have to have it right. Cause it's not ever going to be perfect or sound the way you want it to. Um, but it's just the fact that you did it and that you took that humility with you when you started that conversation. So, so that's Queens, New York. What about at home with your friends who believe something different? What do your conversations look like? How are we supposed to live, serve, love um, people who have different faith backgrounds? Gina, why don't you take it? So funny you say that because just a week before we left, um, a good friend of mine, he's actually Mormon. He was talking to me and um, it's the government class that I have with him. And so we're made to talk politics and we're made to talk all these things. And he's saying some things and I am just, I'm not on board with it. And we're kind of butting heads and it's not the great, greatest dialogue. Um, but here's some things that uh, he was telling us is that, you know, our main purpose in life is to become God. And I said, well, wait. <laughs> what? <laughs> and, um, and yes, and because he, he wants to be a president for this campaign that we're doing for a class project. And so he wants to base the campaign, you know, to tell everybody that we're to become God. I'm like, whoa, whoa. I don't, I don't think I can stand behind you with that. I'm confused. What do you mean? Luckily, or not luckily, but the bell kind of blocked some things. But I mean, we talked a little bit, but not really. Um, but I mean, you know, it, he was grown up into that faith. Um, I was grown up into Christianity. A lot of my friends are grown up in their religions. And so, you know, it's, I know it's, it's hard to think that all you know could be wrong. I would like to think that what, what I believe, what I know is not wrong, but I also know he believes that same mindset. So it's, it's, that makes it even harder. Um, so yeah, I've been struggling with that. Um, we haven't talked much, but he, he told me after he, he was so happy that we were having this butthead moment because he, he wants to talk and he wants to further dissect our thoughts on it. And uh, I would love some encouragement on how I can best be a friend to him and not come off, you know, rude or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, did you want to touch on that? I didn't know. No, go no. ahead, Emma. Okay. Um, a lot of my friends here are either agnostic or atheist, mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of funny just because we are in a Southern like region. Um, I guess in m most instances, like it's kind of sad when, uh, one of my friends, one of my classes, when we did have class, <laughs> um, she would come in and, uh, I love this girl to death, but like she would come in and say things like, what is really the purpose in life? She's atheist, by the way. And she would just go, we we're just meant to grow up and get a job and have kids and die. And like, she just constantly, like every day or every other day, she would just bring that up. And you can tell it was something that was on her mind a lot. Um, Cause she brought it up a lot and she was like, what is the purpose of living? Like, why am I alive? And all this stuff. And it's kind of heartbreaking to hear. Cause you know, I've talked to her before. I've told her, well, I personally think, you know, we have a purpose in life that got, we have a God given purpose. And 
she was just very adamant. I mean, like, uh, she's atheist by choice, so it's not just something that she, like, her parents weren't or anything. Like, she just disagrees with it. Um, but I just, it's difficult because the best thing you can really do without bringing up the gospel, which isn't always the fun, like, a fun conversation to have with your friends when you're just, you know, talking and stuff, um, is just to show that kind of, and I know, like, in a sense, you should be doing more, but when it comes to your friends and when you're back home from a mission trip, you don't feel like you're on a mission, even though it is your mission field, you just don't feel like you're on a mission, and I think that's a big part of, like, um, like spreading gospel, just kind of vibe you, that you get from, like, traveling and whatnot, so yeah. That is interesting. I think one of the things that, um, so I've led a lot of mission trips, I've been, you know, mission trips, um, you know, inside the United States and outside. And, and you're exactly right. Like when you're on a quote unquote mission trip, um, there's this idea that like, oh man, like this is the time, like I'm really supposed to live out my faith right now. And I think it kind of helps us Christians realize, <clears throat> I'm going to step on our toes a little bit. It helps us realize that we probably don't live it out at home as much as we should, because we're like, I'm going to be a really serious Christian on this trip and then when we get home it's like oh good I can kick back and like just chill now you know like the mission's over and the truth is like when I think about Jesus right so Jesus comes um he's born he he has these years growing up that aren't really recorded um but then he he starts his ministry about 30 years old and he spends like day in day out with these disciples and if you really think about it if we're going to take our our cues from Jesus, he is on mission every single moment of every single day. And, and some of that is sleeping, like in sleeping is, is built into the rhythms of how God created us. And so, you know, it's weird to call sleeping on mission, but, but when he woke up, he was with his disciples, he was with his followers. And there was times that he would wake up, I remember Mark chapter one, verse 35, I think is, it says uh, Jesus woke up really early um, before anyone else woke up, before the sun came up, and he went and spent time with his Heavenly Father. And that was on mission, but then the rest of the day was also like, we're going to travel here. We're going to talk to this person. We're going to do these miracles. And um, so if I'm going to take my cues from Jesus, you know, I, I, I do think there's that that sense of, of, of openness and, um, I, I don't know, like, the mission is 24 seven. It's always around us. It's always happening. In fact, there's probably moments that we don't realize that God calls us into a, a moment. Sometimes it feels like, oh, this is my moment where I'm supposed to share the gospel with these people. And it's this moment, you know, but it's really kind of a every day, every moment God is asking us to step into these moments. And so I think what's even more interesting about Jesus, you know, not just that he was always on mission, but if you read the gospels, this is something that I'm, I'm hoping to introduce to our student ministry over the next, you know, few weeks or months or however long we're doing online only stuff is in this Easter season, I'd like us to focus on the gospels. What I've noticed as I'm reading them is sometimes Jesus tells someone to do A and sometimes he tells them to do B and it's, it's sometimes not the same. You're like, well, wait, why? Why did you tell them that they need to be quiet about it? Like, go and tell no one this happened. And then to someone else, he's like, go and tell everyone you know that this just happened. And you're like, well, wait, what is it that, you know, that seems like maybe it's contradictory. And 
somehow Jesus knew what every person needed for every moment. And I think when we're talking about our friends that are atheists that are exploring, like, what, why am I here on earth? Uh, versus, um, like, I, I met someone in the Sikh temple that we visited in Queens, or in uh, Woodside, uh, Queens, New York. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, this guy was, like, the quintessential, like, nicest guy helping me understand um, what it was like to be a Sikh. Um, and, and he answered all my questions. And we sat and had a phenomenal conversation. And um, different people need different things. But, but I think there is still that like authenticity of, you know, and as I had a conversation with him, I said, sir, I got to tell you, like, I'm a Christian. And he knew he was very smart. I was like, I'm a Christian. And I believe that Jesus is the only way to know God and that he's the only way to heaven when we die. You know, that John 14, 6 says that he's the only way, the, 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 the way, the light, and the tr- life, and the truth. No man comes to the Father but through me. Um, John 10 um, says that he's the door and that people walk through him to, you know, that he's the good shepherd, that he's the one, you know, there's all these very exclusive texts. And so I, you know, it does get to that point where you got to share, but um I, I keep hearing what you guys are saying, this whole, like, how do I do it and not be offensive? How do I do it and not be too aggressive? How do I do it and not be too rude? I think this is one of the things that I keep thinking about, and I'd love to hear what you guys think about this. Um, so much of um, my life in ministry as I'm talking to people is, is I'm talking to people that I know, that I have a relationship with. Um, one of the things that I learned uh, while we are in New York is just how easy it can be to talk to someone you've never met about Jesus. Um, and, and Boto was very, um, so Boto Joseph is the pastor of Jackson Heights Community Church. He's the one that we were serving with um, this last week. Um, so it helps me to know that if I meet someone on the street, my, my, like, my brain tells me, don't just rush into a conversation with Jesus about this person. But one of the things that Boto said, like you guys mentioned already, I think, uh, Emma, you mentioned it, like, why is it that all these other belief systems contain people that are like, yeah, I'm a Hindu. Like, they just bring it into conversation because that's who they are and they're proud of it. So what is it that makes us so different in that? And um, I don't know, what do you guys think? So there's the, you know, we don't want to be offensive, but we also want to be true to what we believe, you know. Um, Emma, go for it. So... Uh, one of the, the, I guess this could just be a kickoff example, but I was walking around with um, one of the guys from West Point who, uh, they were also part of our mission trip with us at Jackson Heights, and we ran into a lady, we were, um, <laughs> it's kind of sketchy, but we were like, anyone want free candy? <laughs> and we had, like a, <laughs> we had like a jug of candy to give out to people, and I think it was like a popular candy for um like religions in that area or something. That's my best guess. But uh, this one, she was, she looked really young, maybe like 21 or like 22 uh, lady. She was like, oh, I, I'd like some. And she was wearing hijab. So I figured she was Muslim. Um, and we were talking with her just about why we were there. And I was like, you know, kind of started off. I was like, where are you from? And she was like, Texas. And I'm like, oh, I'm from Texas. And then I was like, what part? And she said, Houston. And I was like, oh, I'm from Houston. And <laughs> Um, she was like, yeah, and I, I, I was just like, yeah, we're here with, um, Jackson Heights Community Church, and, 
uh, we're just here to talk to people and just kind of show the community, um, just just kind of represent the church. And she was like, okay, yeah. She was like, I'm Muslim. And I was like, oh, that's great. Um, and then I told her, uh, I was like, we're not trying to kind of like, uh, I, I didn't tell her this exactly. I forgot what I said, but I was like, we're not trying to step on anyone's toes or like uh, push our religion on anyone is what I told her. Cause I just kind of felt like she wasn't really interested in hearing it. That was a big thing I learned about picking up cues. Cause I never wanted to be like, overbearing like that weird Christian that just comes up to you you know and on the side of the road I guess and just kind of tries to go for it I mean of course unless that's what Jesus says uh, for you to do but I kind of got like the vibe I just wanted to tell her about the church and um and she was like oh I go to a Catholic school and I'm like that's great I was like we're Baptists but you know you do you and I just kind of like had to understand the difference between like um or I just wanted to kind of show her that it wasn't just totally like here's Jesus and this is this and uh but just kind of show in a loving way that like this is what we do or this is what we are doing because of Jesus um and things like that but yeah it's hard not to like to kind of figure out the difference between going too far like uh there was uh, I guess I'll also share this quick story when we were also walking around we went up to a group of men that were sitting around and drinking some of the chai tea that we'd given out and the uh, guy that was with me from West Point, he kind of like shot into a conversation with them. And it was very like um, impromptu. There wasn't a, like an easy segue. And everyone just looked very like unwilling. Like they looked like they didn't want to hear it. And like props to him, of course, for just having the faith to step up and talk about the gospel. But, you know, he was just kind of giving a whole testimony and everyone just looked uncomfortable. And he was speaking really fast and trying to get straight to the point. And I think that like, he kind of didn't leave enough room for Jesus to just come in and like show him um, like who needed to be talked to. Or he just, I think he kind of came into the day with the mindset, like I'm going to talk to people and it's going to be great, but he didn't really allow Jesus to show him. And I think that a big part of talking to people from different religions is letting Jesus show you how to, or just like, a feeling inside of you or just kind of understanding what that person needs to hear um but yeah it's just come yeah while you're talking i don't know why can't hear you gina can you hear me now yes can you hear me now okay um <clears throat> when you were talking i don't know why but my mind just went over thinking um mark you said what is it about christians that makes us so conflicted on what to say or how to go about things because we don't want to be arrogant or lose friends or whatever but i was just i've i cannot think of a time that a person has come up to me and has tried to talk to me about their faith and like let's say it's a muslim they're trying to tell me about their faith and they're gone and that they want me to consider you know, their faith. Um, I, I don't know. I, that's never happened to me. We live in Houston. So like, I feel like that could be a spot where people would go just like we go to New York because we think, you know, there's a bunch of people there. There's a bunch of people who need Jesus and the other faiths. I don't, they don't have the same mindset as us that we constantly need to be discipling. Mm. Um, yeah. That's what I'm picking up as. Uh, yeah, and so I guess that's why we're, we're not so quick to say I'm a Christian 
because when we say that, we're automatic to them, oh yeah, they want to make me forget my faith and come to theirs, because maybe that's what's just come about with Christianity, because um, yeah. I, I really can't say a time of anybody else sharing the story that that happened either, unless they were talking about their faith, and so then they went back and to talk about theirs, but they didn't start the conversation. Yeah. Um, that is interesting. As I was as I was thinking about kind of what you guys were saying, uh, you know, I was thinking there 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 have been times where I almost um, I almost think that atheists um, are are the ones who are bold like that in America. Yeah. Not as much Muslims, yeah. not as much Hindus, um, and you know, not to say that one's better, worse, more annoying, less annoying. That's not my point. Um, but maybe the demographic. You're right, Gina. Maybe the demographic is you know that like. There's a lot of Christians, there's a lot of atheists, and the Muslims are quiet, you know, there's, um, who knows, I know there's Muslims in our community, like, I, I have people in the area, like, I, I have someone that I know very well, who, who um, basically kind of believes that all roads lead to heaven, which, you know, kind of like I said earlier, can't be, like, that can't be true, and Jesus can't be true, because Jesus is very exclusive, I'm the only way, um, so, there are, there are out there, but you're right. Maybe they're a little less vocal. Yeah. Um, another thing, just, I guess, to touch on that a little bit, people never came up to us to talk to us about their religion, but um, we did have people come us come up to us that wanted to learn about our religion. Uh, like, there was one lady, I uh, bet Christy told you, Mark, she came up, a big thing uh, that Bodo was saying was to find persons, pe people of uh, peace, um, just like people that you can understand to have a conversation with from a different religion who you feel God, you know, just that uh, energy or just uh, energy is a bad word, but just the presence. Yeah. Um, of like God wanting to work in their lives in that conversation. And there was a lady that came up to us when we were giving out chai um, tea and she was very interested. She was Buddhist and she wanted to learn about Christianity and I know Christy ended up giving her her Bible uh, to this lady. And, uh, but yeah, I think a big part of like, not always, just being open for conversation, not always having to seek out different people, but especially if they're a good friend of yours or something, being open for a conversation with that person, uh, because that can work, you know, that can do more than going up to a random person on the street and trying to um, at least give them the idea that Jesus is an important uh, if not the uh, it, the utmost important uh, factor of your life, yeah. And and to your point, like, I want to have a conversation with that person that wants to have a dialogue. Yeah. And then there's that person that's holding the sign and the bullhorn on the street corner, which we saw those two, and saw we walked <laughs> walk right past them. And yeah. I've had conversations with those people before because I've just been so curious. Like, tell me what what it is that you think is wrong with me. Uh, because obviously you're yelling at me. Um, I mean, you're, you're yelling at the crowd, but you're also like, I'm part of the crowd. So let's talk. You know, I've, I've been in places where, um, like if I went to a concert and they were like, well, if you're going to this concert, you're definitely going to hell. And I'm like, well, I don't know that I hold that belief. Um, you know, tell me where you learned that. Um, so there's, I think there's much more um, efficiency in just being learned at Boto. You know, we're, we're giving Boto a lot of props he deserves all of them more um, that he was like, be a learner, be a learner, you know, like this is a time for you to listen and, and engage. I mean, obviously you're, 
you want to be able to share this message of hope, you know, that's inside of you, but be a learner, you know, don't just, you know, bullhorn in someone's face, you know, that, that, you know, and that's where I think a lot of those friendship conversations here locally, those people that you know, you're the one, like, so you may have friends, like your atheist friend, for example, walking in and asks, asks, you know, starts a conversation with you, like, what's the purpose of life? Are we supposed to have kids and die? You know, this, like, yeah. if Mark walks in, like, well, let me give you an answer. And then I just read scripture. It's like, well, that's awfully cold. I mean, I don't want to be bold with my faith, but also, you know, I think there's a way to maybe be like, I, I, I don't, I think God is calling Emma, you know, to, to share with that person more than, more than me. And um, so I think there's, there's methods there. I, I was just reading I, the whole time we've been talking, I've been thinking about this specific scripture. So it's in Matthew chapter 10. Um, I'll just read the whole passage. It's verse 26 to 33. Um, this is Jesus talking. He's going to say, have no fear of them. And so it's in the middle of a, a passage where he's going to talk about persecution is going to come. Um, he's just sent out the 12 apostles. So he's like giving them like really introductory assignments before they go out and, and really share the gospel. So I have no fear, right? Because uh, nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light. And what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And then he's going to, this is where I really want to get into. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Um, he's going to skip forward. Let me read uh, verse 31. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. 32. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, this is the big one. I, I have this highlighted. So everyone who ha acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge before my Father who's in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who's in heaven. I keep, man, I think about that. And that's just very black and white, right? It's this idea, like, if you hide your faith, if you, if you're afraid to speak in the public square, don't forget, like, like, are you afraid of what they think of you? Or are you afraid of where your heart really lies with, with me? Like, are you afraid of, of being true to, you know, in front of these people? I don't know. For me, it, it, it reminds me, that I'm living, you know, this old Christian adage, like I'm living for an audience of one. In other words, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to make sure that what I do, if I'm truly a Christian, I'm going to live that out. I'm going to be bold and I'm going to be obedient knowing that God is the one that, you know, not that I need to be quote unquote afraid of, but I kind of do. There's a sense of like true fear and reverence, but also just like, you know what, if he is God, if he's creator, if he's created me with a purpose and he's given me this message of hope, like, why wouldn't I be, like, excited to share it, you know, and if I truly believe this message, and I do, why wouldn't I shout it from the rooftops? Yeah. Um, I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but I do, like, a nightly devotional normally, and um, I know, like, the first day, I think, when we went into New York, it was, and the thing, it was, uh, well, the ones I do, they're, like, inspired by the Holy Spirit type of devotionals and I love them they're great but uh it was like do not don't be concerned about what they think of you but what they think of me um and I think that's really important when it comes to this because you are dealing with someone's soul I mean like it's not you you don't have the pressure of saving someone but it's what you say to help them be saved that's important um and so whenever you go out even you know 
like when Tony, who was another youth uh, leader at our church, he told us, he was like, all right, now get ready to go back home and like work on this. I immediately hit that comment with just resistance. I was like, why would I do that type of a mindset? <laughs> Um, cause it really is something you have to integrate every single day and it can seem exhausting, but you know, of course with Jesus, it won't be, but it's, it's an everyday thing about trying to get closer to someone about their faith. And it really just, like I said earlier, just the humility you have to give, not only to yourself, but just like, uh, well to yourself, I guess you could say the humility you have to give yourself to be like, doesn't matter what they think of me because I'm going to be dead in you know 50 years and then where are they where am I that's more important to me than just my life right now or how I feel right now my emotions shouldn't you know dictate that so yeah that's how I see it um also something that I've been thinking about since the New York trip since the New York trip um thinking about they um there was something said about prayer it's not going to get to people it's not going to reach people if nobody prays for you know let's say this specific building this specific person and i was thinking about that you know growing up in christianity there's always you know hey we're going to start this with prayer we're going to end this with prayer you will pray pray alone to god to talk to him um prayer has always been something i've done something i'm comfortable with um but the power of prayer, I don't know, it just like hit differently when somebody said, you know, if nobody prays for this specific person, well, that's kind of tough because <laughs> God's not going to, God can't reach them if we're not being the disciples he wants us to, because that's what we're called to do. We're called to do that because people are at a disservice of not, I don't not getting what we have and what they deserve as well. Um, a verse that I've, I noted, it's Galatians 3.20. That's a, now a meteor, meteor, mediator is not just for one person alone, but God is one. Um, to me, that, that reaches like two different meanings. One being, um, you know, when we pray, we're praying directly to God because um, he's, we don't have to go through other people because he's the, he is the one. Um, but it also to me is like when you're talking or when you're praying about other people or when you're talking to other people about the faith, God is working through you and is a mediator in you to them. It's not just you. Yeah. Um, so that's something that's helped me and something I've thought about. Okay. Um, so the way I had to kind of imagine it, when we were praying in Queens, because we did a walk around prayer, uh, I kind of had to see it as like, if you've ever seen a piece of paper that has water like um, on it, like watercolor artists do, and then they take the watercolor and they drip it on the paper and it just totally spreads out on the entire paper. It's kind of how you have to see prayer, I guess, uh, just like the power of it and how it was infused in the city when we were doing a walk around prayer. That's just kind of how I saw it in that aspect. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was actually thinking a lot, uh, thinking through the power of prayer. Um, you have to forgive me. I memorized this in King James version as a kid, but um, James 5, 16 <laughs> says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much availeth ETH. Um, but 
there's a couple parts to that verse that I really like that I think speak to this conversation. So the effectual fervent prayer, um, I think speaks to like how much you mean it, how much you care, how much you're like in that moment, really asking God to do something of a righteous man or woman in this case um, is, is an opportunity for, for anyone to, to pray, but just understand that the righteous ones, the ones who are really, truly like speaking after God, you know, that have, that have, um, been saved by God. We know that our righteousness really comes from our faith in God. It's not because we, we muster up this, um, this perfection that we offer God and say, here's our righteousness. You know, we know that he gives us his righteousness, but there is a sense in which we take part in that as well. Um, but it availeth much more. It has much power as it's working. Another version says, um, so I think sometimes we feel like prayer is just kind of, um, a Christian activity that we, we just do when we go through the motions or whatever. But I think, um, I don't know. I can, I can remember personally, uh, my fir- very first experience with prayer, um, for other people, there was a camp that I was helping lead as an intern way back when I was in college, uh, for my home church, a main old church at Greenwood, uh, Greenwood, Indiana. And, uh, we went to this uh, camp in Georgia and I was watching like all these students give their testimonies. And I remember thinking like, I've been praying for this camp for, for six months or so. Like, and I'm really feeling like God has honored those prayers. Really feel like God is answering those prayers. And I just remember like weeping in the back of the room. And actually, I think it was actually around a campfire, to be honest with you. Um, and, um, and I remember thinking like, this is for real. This is for real. Like when I pray, God, God hears me and God listens. And so yeah. it does make me think of all the ways that when we pray, um, it moves, it moves heaven and earth. There's, there's places in scripture where, especially in the old Testament, I really remember where, um, there's a, there's a whole city or a whole group of people that are, that have turned their back on God, but there's this one prophet, you know, that says, God, well, I think you can do something amazing. I think you, I think you're going to have a testimony in this group of people, if you'll just be patient and, you know, and we see, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about how God is just angry and all that in the old Testament. And um, the truth is that he's really long suffering. He's really patient because people keep turning their backs on him left and right. Um, but there's those moments where, where, you know, these prophets are praying like, Lord, will you spare him? And he's like, because you've prayed, because you, you know, like, because you're there, because you're praying and you're asking in faith, like, yeah, I'll spare him. And so prayer, it makes a difference. You're, you're exactly right. You know, it, it makes a difference. And, and I certainly don't want to do it in my own strength either. So um, yeah. that's really good. Um, I have one last question to ask you guys before we uh, close this out. The question essentially is, how do you think uh, then that we should interact with those of different faiths? And maybe what are some tips to do and maybe to not to do, to not to do? Is that the right way to say it? <laughs> not to I do. Mean, we definitely should be as good as listeners as we are talkers about the faith, because um, that's the only way we'll have a full-on engaging conversation if we're not if they're if we don't listen then they're not going to want to listen that's that's just good what I have but I'm definitely struggling with um being able to say the right words um that definitely what we've already said not being rude and overbearing um so 
I know you asked the question, but I'm personally, that's something I'm praying about. And if y'all could pray with me, I'd really appreciate it because I that conversation is coming because this Corona thing will blow over and conversations are going to happen again. Yeah. So yeah. Well, we'll for sure pray for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess the way I see it is know when to speak and when to listen, um, especially with people from different religions or just atheists and agnostics, because especially atheists, they have a lot to say. Um, you know, because what do they have to lose, I guess, and their values, if there is no religious value, they have nothing to not offer, you know, it's kind of very, like, um, it's a very modern, uh, not trend, but just, uh, perception of the world, so it's, it's accepted in that way, so it's easier to talk about things, so no one to listen, no one to speak about Jesus, wait for, wait for Jesus to, like, listen for Jesus is a big thing I would say, and wait for him to tell you what to say, I guess, or not what to say, but um, I think a big thing that Christians get wrong is that you, we're either too reliant on ourselves or too reliant on Jesus. Um, Jesus wants to use us still, you know, there's a personalized part of you that is going to be used when you speak to someone. And that's why it's not perfect. And that's why, you know, we don't get it right. Um, so yeah, no one to listen, things like that. And when it comes to not stepping on other people's toes or not trying to enforce your beliefs, that's just something that is always going to be a struggle. I mean, there's really no way to make sure that doesn't happen. You just kind of have to read the person and like I said earlier look for persons of peace because sometimes people are just not willing at all to listen to you and that's a point where you can step away I think um but uh when there are times that you feel that there is a available dialogue you can have with someone you know jump on that because that doesn't come out often um so yeah those would be my tips that's good. That's good. I think, um, you know, I think it's definitely okay to be a kind human being, you know, yeah. and like, yeah. you know, in general, like what you've both said is like, I want to get it right. Also, I'm not perfect. Um, you know, and I want to be able to know when someone is like, one of the things that we said, like, when you're on the subway, and they have their AirPods in, like, yeah, that is a sign. Yeah. You can talk to me, you know, like, I've had people in the grocery store and I, I've been guilty of this. Like I like to listen to AirPods when I'm working or, or, or getting groceries quite honestly. And I'll have people like talk to me and I'm like, I'm sorry, what, you know, and they're like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm so sorry. And, um, but some people like, you know, barge in. And, and so I think you be a kind human being, you know, and, um, and, uh, and there's plenty of opportunity for conversation. I think the more we're open to it, but I also think kind of like going back to, what we said earlier if if there's really truly like kingdom potential in every moment um then maybe the problem is we're not in mission trip mindset at home you know we're in like home mindset and home mindset is well i've got a to-do list and i've got a place i'm trying to go which is interesting because everyone in new york is in their real life mindset you know they're like i'm getting yeah. to work i'm going home i'm you know, I'm going, you know, to do whatever. And um, I don't like to be bothered when I'm in the middle of like trying to do what I'm trying to do. And so I could imagine that I probably would get frustrated if someone stopped me and said, Hey, I'd like to talk with you about 
eternal things, you know, it's like, yeah, what do you mean? You know? So I think yeah. if you're thinking about that from their perspective, you know, and again, relationships with people that you know, here in Houston that go to your school that are living in your neighborhood or working with you, that's probably like best case scenario for those conversations. So yeah, there's ways to do it, not be pushy, not be ugly, but also be bold and authentic and who we are and, and proud of what we believe in. You know, if we believe, you know, you phrase it like this, if you believe you had the cure of cancer, would you hold it to yourself? You know, would you, would you not share it with the world, you know? And, and somehow we say it like that. And we're like, well, obviously I wouldn't, you know, but we feel like we have the message for like true, true, like life. And we, we hold it inside. So yeah. I know it can be tough. It can be tough, but we gotta be, we gotta be people who live out what we believe. So, so we will, um, we will come back with another uh, conversation very soon. Thank you guys so much for chiming in. Any any last words before we close out? Um, prayer is so powerful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, be willing. Be willing. Cool. Yeah. I like it. Well, thank <laughs> you guys for chiming in. It's uh, it's good. It's good to be able to connect over a Zoom call. <laughs> we usually do this in person. We're usually sitting around we a do. microphone. Uh, but this is cool. We'll have to do more of these. So, all right. Good conversation. We'll catch you guys next time.